It's very easy to have thought that Our Lady was referring to heterodox cardinals like Supich or Gregory or McElroy or Tobin or Daniels or Hollerich, those who already rejected the perennial teachings of Christ. We must separate ourselves from those who refuse to adhere to the faith as St. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13. And my friends, I have been thinking about a matter for quite some time, and it's quite disturbing. It revolves around the prophecy of Our Lady of Akita, where she speaks about a time, and I'll quote it for you. It says, the work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres, end quote. I used to think, we're there now. It's all about, you know, good cardinals fighting bad cardinals and good bishops fighting the bad bishops because there's so many bad bishops and bad cardinals. But then I came to the horrific understanding that, no, she was likely referring to good cardinals fighting good cardinals and good bishops fighting good bishops. That's what we're having today. And I'm going to unpack that for you on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. I hope you stay tuned. Even though it is a kind of very disturbing reality, we got to remember Christ's in charge of his church. So we should praise him, even in the midst of the very grave difficulties we find ourselves in right now. We got to praise him. We got to thank him. We got to love him. We got to know he's in charge. He's called us to live in these times. So we've got to grapple with what's before us, praising and thanking God anyway for all the challenges. This is John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality, and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supich, Cardinal Tobin. These picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ and his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted. But we're starting it up again. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality, and uh, we'll be there to strategize with his eminence, with his excellency, and with many 
life and family leaders from around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, since I've been working with several cardinals and bishops over the last number of years, I've come to this very disturbing realization about that prophecy of Akita about cardinals against cardinals and bishops against bishops. That, as I said, I used to think it was about good cardinals fighting the bad ones and good bishops fighting the bad ones. But it seems to be today to be more about good cardinals fighting good cardinals, good bishops against good bishops. It's very easy to have thought that Our Lady was referring to heterodox cardinals like Supich or Gregory or McElroy or Tobin or Daniels or Hollerich, those who already rejected the perennial teachings of Christ. And therefore, it would only be natural for them to be opposed by faithful cardinals and bishops. In fact, it would seem to me anyway, as a father of eight children, that cardinals and bishops are duty-bound to denounce the heresies of their fellow cardinals and bishops because there's severe scandal that results when such high-ranking churchmen spout heresy. As we're seeing from, you know, many of the, those who I just mentioned with regard to the homosexual take, the blessing of homosexual unions. Because the faithful can be misled into sin and into therefore eternal misery. So when Cardinals Marx and Hollerich and Dukesel and others speak of blessing homosexual unions, it's a duty of cardinals and bishops to denounce it, just like Bishop Joseph Strickland did, when in response to Germany's Cardinal Reinhard Marx, who admitted that he had blessed a homosexual union and went against the church's teaching on the issue, Bishop Strickland tweeted out, and I'll quote for you, he said, Cardinal Marx has left the Catholic faith. He needs to be honest and officially resign. End quote. And that is what good bishops, good cardinals, need to do when their brother bishops and brother cardinals go outside the faith, just like Cardinal Marx did there. But sadly, today, we don't see very much of that correction going on at all. But what we do see is actually good bishops and good cardinals opposing one another and even refusing to work with one another and lay groups, even though they share the same faith, the faith of our fathers. And sadder still, some of the decision-making seems to be somewhat political since these bishops and cardinals will still work in certain capacities with other bishops and cardinals who have opposite views on much more fundamental issues to the faith, where there is clearly no possibility of differing opinions. So, let me give you some of the specifics. There are issues in the faith that are non-negotiable. You can't be Catholic if you don't hold to those beliefs. They are expressed in the creed, the dogmas of the church. Here are some of the areas where there is vehement disagreement from very good cardinals and bishops. Issues which cause them to cancel one another in various capacities, but yet are not dogmas of the faith, not essentials of the faith. And they're really tough issues for sure. But listen to this. It's a very short list. One is the legitimacy of the SSPX. This is Society of Pius X. The 
question is about the moral possibility of the faithful to attend the masses of the society, to get their confessions heard by the society priests, have their marriages uh, at the society churches. Even though Pope Francis has given explicit permission for this, there are some who remain steadfast in the belief that the SSPX is in schism and that it's a sin for the faithful to attend their masses. But these are from very good cardinals and bishops, but there's cardinals and bishops on either side, and they're opposed to one another over that, which again is not an essential. Then there's another issue that's also very contentious. It's the impossibility of taking abortion-tainted COVID jabs. While some have suggested that taking the abortion-tainted COVID jabs should be avoided at all costs, including resistance to the point of bloodshed and death, others have said that for grave reason they may be taken. And that was the official line of the Vatican. Pope Francis, though, tried to suggest the other way, that they must be taken, but nonetheless. But the third and perhaps most contentious issue is over the validity of the election of Pope Francis or his papacy. Whereas some believe that the resignation of Benedict or the election of Francis may have been invalid, others believe that Francis has abandoned his office due to heresy, and still others believe that any such option is impossible. You know that here on LifeSite, we love to tell amazing stories. There are a few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You got to watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Nouwen. He talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation. My generation has grown up, you know, under the specter of priestly sexual abuse. What say you, Mr. Foreperson? Is the defendant guilty or not guilty? I think that for many of us, that has also been all-encompassing, you know, I mean, I entered the seminary in January of 2004, and it's basically been there for me from in the beginning. One priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins. The story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. We have good, faithful cardinals and bishops and priests cancelling one another over matters like these that are far less serious than the dogmas. Far less serious, in fact, than the heresies that Pope Francis himself has issued. I know those matters that I mentioned are very, very serious. I know that we're dealing with very, very confusing times. So with Pope Francis being, at least for many people, in obvious heresy, it is, as our Lord quoted in the prophecy of Zechariah, our Lord quoted Zechariah, where it says, I will strike the shepherd and the flock will be scattered. It's like we're living back in those times when St. Paul said in Corinthians, he wrote saying there were divisions in the church. And he was saying, some people say, oh, I'm a disciple of Paul. And others say, I'm of Paulo. And others say, I'm of Cephas. Well, today we might hear similar things like, I am of Burke, I am of Schneider, I am of Vigano, I am of Sarah. We're struggling to find a sure rock because it seems that the rock has been somehow shattered. It's the St. Peter was the rock on which Christ built his church. And it seems that with Francis, the rock is like all mush and no rock at all. 
The Pope is supposed to confirm the bishops and the faithful in the faith. He's to be the symbol of unity for the faith, and yet Francis is undermining the faith and unity at nearly every turn. So, if we look at that last issue, and maybe the most controversial one of the ones I presented, about the validity of the papacy of Pope Francis, or Jorge Mario Bergoglio, as some refer to him, I think most people may know very little about the actual arguments that are, you know, available here, but it's not actually easy. It's not easy to dismiss the arguments or to make them. The first of the three main arguments suggesting that Pope Francis is not Pope is that the resignation of Benedict was invalid. They say this because, you know, some say it was because of pressure or whatever, but one of the main ones is because the official text, the official Latin text of his resignation, which he read out on the day of his resignation, he resigns the administrative duties of the papacy, but not the office of the papal office itself. And that's tough. Who knows what to make of that? A lot of people have different opinions on both sides. The second argument about the papacy of Francis is that the election of Pope Francis was invalid because the rules of the papal election set out by John Paul II in Universi Dominici Gregis, the constitution written by Pope John Paul on the election of the Pope, were violated. There's many reasons for that. There was election problems and so on. But one of the most serious charges is about the scheming and conspiracy of the group of cardinals who dubbed themselves the St. Gallen Mafia. And when the rules are not followed, Pope John Paul II's constitution on papal elections says this at paragraph 76, and I quote, should the election take place in a way other than that prescribed in the present constitution, or should the condition laid down here not be observed, the election is for this very reason null and void, without any need for declaration on the matter. Consequently, it confers no right on the one elected, end quote. And if those two aren't bad enough, there is the possibility that Pope Francis has abandoned the papacy by his heresies. And on this question, Saints Robert Bellarmine and Saint Alphonsus suggest that the popes abandon the papacy when they commit heresy. And while there are other churchmen in the church who have said that, there's others who've argued the other way, there is actually no firm teaching of the magisterium on the question. So it's sort of like left open. And so what do you do? Times are really tough. Do you know there's even historical precedent for two canonized saints being on opposite sides of saying who the real pope is. It was back in the 14th century, St. Vincent Ferre, a priest and miracle worker, backed two successive anti-popes, that means claimants to the throne of the papacy, who weren't actually pope, while St. Catherine of Siena, a laywoman, backed the real pope. What are we to do in these times when we have such strong opinions on either side of such contentious issues by really, really good people, good cardinals, good bishops, good priests. Issues where the church has not clearly pronounced the correct path, but you have these two very different but very strong opinions. You know that the church has actually answered that question for us. And guess what? It's not about canceling or refusing to work with one another. Pope Benedict XV wrote in an appeal to the bishops for peace. He said, and I quote, 
as regards matters in which, without harm to faith or discipline, in the absence of any authoritative intervention of the apostolic see, there is room for divergent opinions. It is clearly the right of everyone to express and defend his own opinion, but in such discussions no expressions should be used which might constitute serious breaches of charity. Let each one freely defend his own opinion, but let it be done with due moderation, so that no one should consider himself entitled to affix on those who merely do not agree with his ideas the stigma of disloyalty to faith or to discipline. End quote. So obviously, when it comes to the non-negotiables of our faith, we must separate ourselves from those who refuse to adhere to the faith as St. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13. But in this time of confusion, where it seems that the bark of Peter is sinking, not so much from the waves from outside, but from treachery from within, let's not separate from those with whom we have different opinions, but let us strive together to fight for the church that we all love. Let's work together to save our children from confusion and scandal. Let's pray together that this scourge of confusion around the papacy may come to an end, that the glory of Christ's mystical body, the church, may once again shine on earth and attract many to the saving grace of Christ's fold. And most of all, let's continue to praise, to praise and give glory to God in heaven. And remember, Christ's in charge. It is his church. He has told us, he's warned us himself. If you go to the catechism number 675, you will see that we're going to come to a religious deception. And, you know, ultimately that will be with Antichrist, but we're going to get to that. But even still, in the end, Christ will triumph. He said, that his holy mother's heart will triumph. In the, in the end, the immaculate heart will triumph as well. And we're still waiting for that. So there's good, there's great yet to come. And in fact, as bad as it gets, the worse it gets, the better it'll be on the other end. Christ showed that. The worst possible thing happened. He came and had the crucifixion, but it brought about the greatest glory of the resurrection and of our eternal salvation. So all this confusion, scandal, and, and seemingly hell we're experiencing right now it will redound to his glory and it'll be awesome. So take heart, have faith, and let's work together. Not condemning those with whom we disagree, but working, striving together to reach the truth. For Life's Sake News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.